0: Friends, widespread food shortages are next. At any moment, it feels like it's going to hit the fan. Are you ready? Do you have at least three months' worth of food stocked up? If not, go to preparewiththinkaboutit.com where you'll find new, lower prices from my Patriot Supply. Plus, save $200 on a three month emergency food kit and get free shipping, 11 free survival tools as a gift, a $188 value. This kit gives you breakfast, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. Enough food for one person for three solid months. It provides 2,000 calories a day to keep you well-fed. Save $200 per kit when you stock up now. My Patriot Supply is on your side. They're charging less to help more families like yours. Make sure to get one kit per person so you don't run out. Go to preparewiththinkaboutit.com right now and save $200 per kit. Your kits will ship fast and free. With the world on the brink of chaos, don't take chances. Go to preparewiththinkaboutit.com. That's preparewiththinkaboutit.com.
1: In 2020, Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum warned of an impending cyber attack that will take down all of society. We all know,
0: but still pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply Transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole.
1: In 2022, Joe Biden stated that sending tanks to Ukraine is called World War III. The idea, the idea that we're going to send in offensive equipment and have planes and tanks and trains going in with American pilots and American crews. Just understand, don't kid yourself, no matter what you all say. That's called World War Three. Earlier this month, Managing Director of the World Economic Forum, Jeremy Jurgens, says that a catastrophic cyber event will likely occur in the next two years.
0: The most striking finding that we found is that 93% of cyber leaders and 86% of cyber business leaders believe that the geopolitical instability makes a catastrophic cyber event likely in the next two years. This far exceeds anything that we've seen in previous surveys. This
1: week, a German foreign minister casually stated that they are at war with Russia.
0: And therefore, I've said already in the last days, yes, we have to do more to defend Ukraine. Yes, we have to do more also on tanks. But the most important and the crucial part is that we do it together and that we do not do the blame game in Europe because we are fighting a war against Russia and not against each other. Thank you.
1: President Joe Biden responds by sending 31 M1 Abrams tanks to Ukraine.
0: That today, today I'm announcing that the United States will be sending 31 Abrams tanks to Ukraine.
1: And now all of the media is warning of nuclear war or a Russian cyber attack. That'll be the first time they actually discuss it in Congress. When we are hit with a massive cyber attack from Russia in response. If you are not suspicious by now, then you are not paying attention. Our government is not at war with Russia. They're at war with the American people. And in order to build back better, They need their cyber attack. Now they have a cover story. And the media is sticking their finger into the PTSD wounds of all Americans. So that we do nothing but sit at home in fear and wait for the end.
2: Those who survived the Holocaust were saved. Mm -hmm. They were rescued by the Allied forces, including the Russian american and the british there will be no armed forces at all to save anyone now there will be no uh addicts or cellars to hide in if people go along and accept a digital identification yes uh, i was born in 1937 in romania and in 1941 my family was evicted from our home and we were deported to a concentration camp in Ukraine. Uh, My father died there before I was five. I was in the camp actually for three years. Uh, This was not a death camp. It was a kind of camp where they left you to starve. Mm. Uh, nothing was given out. It wasn't regimented. But the fear of death was always hovering there because there were lists that would be put out periodically. And if you were put on the list, you could be sent to a death camp or a slave labor camp.
3: And how were you able to escape that situation?
2: Well, uh, In 1944, when the Nazis, uh, the final solution was in full swing, uh, they were going to evacuate all the camps and exterminate all the Jews. Uh, My mother got wind of a rescue mission for some Jewish orphans. And so she put me on the list even though I was not technically an orphan. But she put me on the list to save my life. Uh, And that's, I left on one of the cattle car trains that continued to bring the Jews to the death camps. Uh, En route, one of the things that I remember very vividly and very painful uh, We were actually allowed to get off once to relieve ourselves. Those who were en route to the camps were never allowed that luxury. And when we got back, one of the children, although she really wasn't a child like the rest of us, she may have been 18 or something like that. She came back, she found a baby in the ditch. Mm. and she wanted to take that baby, to save the baby. And they wouldn't let her, and they beat her off the train. And I watched in horror because I knew, I knew that they would both die. Either they'd be shot or just left to die. Mm. And I was just so horrified because I realized that I couldn't do that. I knew that I couldn't do that. I couldn't risk my life that way. And I realized that what she was doing was, you know, beyond what what I could do. So I always had kind of a feeling of being selfish. Uh, yeah, it's six, six and a half. You see, the Holocaust didn't just happen overnight. Hitler took over control in January of 1933. The exterminations didn't begin until 1941 42. But during those years that led up to the final solution, uh, there were stages of discrimination, of humiliation, of making Jews into demons. They demonized Jews as the spreaders of infectious diseases. Jews were demonized as lice. Uh, So when COVID was launched, because we now absolutely know that this was a laboratory manufactured uh, virus, uh the orders, the, the uh, state of emergencies and government edicts that were totally against really our health and well-being were being forced on people. And that was the way the Nazis operated. Hitler, when he declared a state of emergency, he suspended all aspects of democracy and Ruled by executive order, and that's exactly what happened in all the Western European countries, in the United States, Canada, Australia, everywhere. They announced an emergency, and that w- and just totally wiped away all our freedom, our civil rights, and our right to make decisions about our own lives and about our children's lives. And the horror was that I saw that people were obeying, and that's exactly what the Germans did. Obedience is what essentially gives tyrants their power. Without people's obedience, they have no power. We are the many. If people would have resisted They couldn't have gotten away with it. And when you obey, when you give that kind of power to, you know, a ruler, they're never satiated. They keep eliminating more and more of your rights until finally it's really mass murder and genocide. That's what makes it possible. I was a child then and. Later on, I wanted to know more, to understand the Holocaust, to understand how it could have happened. How could people, and by now, there are books that estimate that one million million people participated in the slaughter, in the various um, discriminatory uh, edicts. This was not just... A few bad apples, a few monsters. No. The entire society was was infected, you know, and and did things that, as many people realized, they were shocked. Because before Hitler, these were decent people. Germany was the highest, most established, most civilized uh, country You know, in the world, American doctors would go to Germany for postdoctoral education because they were far advanced. So how is it that an advanced society can become murderous butchers?
3: So corrupted. And I, I mean, now we're seeing more escalated tensions of possibly heading into another world war situation. You have Germany sending tanks to Ukraine violating their agreements with Russia. What do you think when you see these actual physical things happening, instead of all of the rhetoric, rhetoric which is acted out upon, but now you're seeing actual movement toward an, an actual war? What is that like to see?
2: Well, you know, wars are not really about conflicts between peoples, wars are about profits. And particularly, you know, the arms industry needs places to test out their new armaments, their, their new killing methods. And so those there are, there are corporate and dynastic interests in having one war after another. We in America have had now something like eight wars which were acknowledged to be unwinnable why mm-hmm. and this war germany vis-a-vis russia has is repeated three four times it's it's essentially it's like a war uh, to destroy the universe the wars when they tried to take over russia i mean this is this is a constant yeah why do they do it now with nuclear weapons i mean that Poisons the air, the earth, everything. That's lunacy.
3: Is it especially frightening that, um, in part, why the Holocaust was able to to end, and yeah. and that we that we were able to um, stop the all of the propaganda that was happening, all of the medical tyranny. Uh, um, it was like the U.S. that came in and intervened, in part, to make that stop. But now we're seeing those things happen in the U.S. So it's like, what do you have to say about like, well, who's going to save us from all of this now?
2: The truth is that this time there will be no saviors. At the end of World War II, there were allied armies who came and saved people. Uh, the Those... Who survived the Holocaust were saved. Mm -hmm. They were rescued by the Allied forces, including the Russian, the American, and the British. There will be no armed forces at all to save anyone now. There will be no uh, attics or cellars to hide in if people go along and accept a digital identification.
3: So that's that the point you're is, really making is that th- that there will be no savior this time and so we we must save ourselves. And the way that we do that is by civil disobedience. That's what that's correct. what you're you're warning us to do, right? I know that yeah. this is a very personal subject for you because you're you're especially passionate about the medical tyranny and and what seems to be mass experimentation on society and part of that is uh, didn't your son even have an injury from from a medication?
2: Yes, my son died uh, of a prescribed medication. And um, New York State Department of Mental Health tried to coerce the coroner to change the cause of death. Mm, which we've
3: seen that? happen- it's- Over and over again in this pandemic, they they won't list the cause of death if it if it is the vaccine. They will not list it. They don't pay attention to the bears, and so you experienced this firsthand, but with a different medication, and you saw this happen. And and what came out of that?
2: Well, nothing. That medication is still being uh, prescribed. Mm. Uh, Psychiatric medications they really aren't medications because they don't they do not either cure or even alleviate. What they do is they mask symptoms. They're really like uh, chemical straitjackets to calm people, but, but they ruin people's organs and bodies. And, and yet the doctors continue to prescribe. Part of it is because of the financial remuneration. The entire system is really corrupted by kickbacks. Need mm-hmm. to call it what it is. Uh, and so, it, by now, what has happened is that the entire medical establishment is dependent, you know, on government and pharmaceutical uh, kickbacks. There it, is no polite way of saying it, really. They right. don't like that, you know, but that's what it is. Uh, look, uh, in terms of the pandemic, right early on in, in March and April of 2020, how is it that in all the Western European countries, in Australia, Canada, United States, in the United States it was about five states, government officials ordered hospitals not to treat the elderly, to send them to nursing homes. Okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, and some were, if they were in the hospital, they were put on ventilators, and it was death. Mm -hmm. And you know, in New York, it was eighty percent of those who were put on ventilators died. Nevertheless, that was the protocol. Mm -hmm. And Governor Cuomo, before he gave the order to hospitals not to treat the elderly, he gave immunity both to hospitals and nursing homes. And he predicted, he predicted this virus in nursing homes will be like fire through dry grass. And then he ordered it anyway. Mm. That's premeditated medical murder. Absolutely insane. Nobody Nobody has been held accountable. Now, the thing about it is that it. Parallels, it is an exact parallel to a Nazi program, the T4 project. Mm-hmm. The T4 project uh, targeted, this was not targeting Jews. It was the first medical murder project in history, really. And the first victims were infants and young children under the age of three. They were disabled in mm-hmm. some way.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then they moved it up to children of all ages. Then it was the mentally ill. They cleared out all the asylums and then the nursing home residents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was premeditated medical murder. They they targeted the disabled. Uh, you know, just as they targeted Jews, they targeted the disabled. Mm-hmm. And they also... Rationalized that they needed the hospital beds for wounded soldiers because the soldiers were worthy, mm. but the elderly were not. And that's exactly the mentality that still exists public. Oh, and we're
3: seeing it ramp up for sure, especially to our neighbors in the North, Canada, and all of the efforts that they're doing to just normalize uh, euthanizing, especially the elderly and the disabled. You're going to be covering that and so much more in your documentary, the five-part series, Never Again is Now Global. Anyone can go to neveragainisnowglobal.com, neveragainisnowglobal.com. You're going to be hearing from Vera Sharav, a, a survivor and other Holocaust survivors um, are going to be yes. featured, as we showed in the trailer. Uh, curious, um, I see that you have that we are going to be hearing from other survivors. Have have you gotten pushback from any other Holocaust survivors, or or who do you feel like you've gotten the most pushback from by making these comparisons of then and now?
2: Not yet, but you may generate it. <laughs> Depends. <laughs> So 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 no,
3: no no Holocaust survivors um themselves have given you pushback. They see the similarities as well.
2: Absolutely. I you know this this documentary went without a script, without anything preconceived. I let the people talk their own truths, what they observed, what they and they, they were bursting to talk because they are recognizing what I do as well which is that unless we speak out, unless we stop this, it will be an absolute devastation, much worse. It's on a global scale. This time, they want to be rid of most people in the world.
3: So scary. So definitely your passion about the medical tyranny what comparisons can you make in terms of censorship and um, only allowing people to hear one side? I mean, I'm mostly keenly aware of that, just having been in the journalism business for so long and just suddenly all, now only you can give one narrative and what happened to both sides. I mean, there's an articles that have literally said it's dangerous to give both sides. I mean, and this is a tenet of journalism to give both sides. So, so do you cover that in, in this series as well? Just the comparisons of propaganda?
2: Censorship is always the way of the dictator. That's the, uh, that's the way they hold control, it, by controlling the narrative. Uh, during the Second World War, they didn't have as much uh, outlets as we do now. They had radio and newspaper, and it was totally controlled by the Nazis. And anyone who spoke out or tried, they really immediately got rid of them. They, they killed a lot of different people who spoke out. Mm. Uh, today, this is what we've been, on, you know, we've been under this cloud for three years of one, one side of a narrative, one side of science. There is no the science. When Fauci said that when you criticize him, you're criticizing the science, that's nonsense. There is no the science. Science is constantly changing, constantly accumulating new knowledge and having to accommodate that new knowledge. That's how science works. Science works by debate, by scientists arguing, because there is a lot of different conflicting information. So all of the kind of things we were told, the the, the masks, for example, that's totally asinine. Do you know that there was a study in 1918 during the epidemic, which was not influenza either, by the way. But there was a study of hospital staff. Half of them were masked and half not. And guess what? Just as every study, hundreds of them by now have shown, masks do not prevent uh, infection or transmission of infection or anything. This is total nonsense. But what they do do is they announce, They show that you're obedient. Mm. I consider the masks that we, when we had to wear them, now we sort of don't have to, but some people still think it's the right thing to do because they were told. Mm. I consider masks the equivalent of the yellow star that I had to wear because it is not something positive for my well-being or anybody's well-being at all. It, it, We've been lied to, all, yeah. you know, these three years.
3: And, and you're allowed to say these things. I mean, that's what kind of blows me away is you are a Holocaust survivor. You are seeing these similarities. You're speaking out about the similarities. You've told me that you've talked to other Holocaust survivors. They're on the same page. They're like, this is happening all over again, trying to warn people. But if I go on social media or if anybody else goes on social media and dares to make comparisons to the Holocaust, we will get, oh my gosh, like either kicked off or how dare you make these comparisons when you actually have the right to talk about this. What do you think about that? Why do people come at you so much for saying, I have a good reason I'm saying this. I'm not trying to downplay anything that happened. What do you think about that?
2: What they're trying, what they really are doing is they're making the Holocaust irrelevant. Irrelevant to history and irrelevant now. That is a crime against Mm -hmm. the victims. We who have been there uh, and those before us who are no longer here but who were survivors, like Elie Wiesel, who was the chairman of the Holocaust Commission to the president, warned. They always said we have to remember so that it doesn't happen again, so that our antenna is out there to recognize The ominous signals before they go too far. Yeah. That was then. Now they have created a situation of making the Holocaust something totally out of the, uh, you know, out of people's experienced it because they don't want us to see the
3: comparisons we thank you so much for your bravery and your courage to be a voice crying in the wilderness trying to warn people i know from experience i've seen this before we are going down a very dangerous path um and you are the person you are the person that needs to say that but um folks share this share this uh clip because she she's able to say it and see never again is now global.com thank you so much